0: It's time for JT the Brick. Big boy radio. And we're going balls out. Are you with me on this? Do me a favor and surprise me today. Shot down the field. Wide open Adams. Has it at the 20. 10-yard line. Goodbye. Touchdown Raiders. You can't say they're rebuilding with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Devontae. Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. First through the hole. 20. 25-30. He's off to the races here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25-20. 10! ball game! JT the Brick. You don't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if you're rebuilding. I want to go get a ring, get the silver and black back to where it should be. I am ready to go. Wake up this town. Did I miss anything? Call and let's see what you got. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we open it up. Coming off the parade, man. The Vegas Golden Knights Parade and a lot happening here. So welcome in, everybody. I hope you had a great Father's Day. You celebrated Father's Day with... Your dad, if your dad's with us, still great news. If he wasn't, you had a moment of serenity. Thinking of your dad yesterday, I hope you had a great Father's Day yesterday as we kick off a new week right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio and the sister station to the world champion Stanley Cup champs, Vegas Gold, the Knights. If you went to the parade, that's going to be a bunch of the show today, the sound that we have coming in. There's a lot of NBA news today, and it's the beginning for me of summertime radio. Let me give you the rules of summertime radio. When the season starts, I work six days a week. It's not hard work. I don't put out oil fires. I talk sports. But we work all day Sunday on game day. It's a long 12-hour day. So in the summer, unless there's breaking news or something chaotic or critical, we loosen it up a bit. We open it up to some different topics. We take some time off here. We get everybody involved. And then we go balls to the wall starting the end of July, training camp, preseason games. And we don't come up for air until the week after the Super Bowl. So that's what we're doing. Uh, If you can help in any way by listening and supporting our sponsors, we appreciate that and especially contributing because, you know, I don't have six co-hosts. I don't have two. I don't have one co-host. It's just me. And I like to know you're out there. I don't know if you're out there unless I hear from you or read a tweet. And I'd rather hear from you than read a tweet. We don't give away curly fries. We don't do much here. We don't have T-shirt giveaways. We try to do interactive sports talk, and it's a great time to be in Vegas. I mean, are you kidding me? The parade, I'm going to dive into the parade at the bottom of the hour. Mark Anderson, the great journalist from the AP. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders, will join us next hour. And my conversation with Olden Polonese, the big man, 15-year big man. I interviewed him last night on my show so I can play it on this show because it's me interviewing a guy who's a friend, on the NBA and what's going on, even though we didn't know exactly about Chris Paul. Chris Paul now on the way out. That's a big deal. What's happening in the chatter that's coming out of Phoenix as Bradley Beal will be a Phoenix Sun. And we don't have an NBA team in Vegas, but Vegas is a big NBA town. A lot of NBA players live here or come here and visit. We have the NBA Summer League. We have the Las Vegas Aces, and we're going to have an NBA team here. I think in the next three to four years, maybe two to three years, at some point we will get an NBA expansion team, and it will be the talk of the NBA, and every free agent will want to play here. I think LeBron James will have a piece of the ownership of the team, so we don't have to wait for that. And like the A's, I don't talk much A's. They're not coming here for years to come. So let's concentrate on what we have, the Raiders, the Golden Knights, and all the national news that we can talk about. You know, my father-in-law's in the other room. Uh, my in-laws are in town for a week, and my father-in-law loves this newspaper. I mean, he bleepin' loves it. it. The Las Vegas Review-Journal is a national newspaper, and the sports page is so large. It's got national news, local news, and if you've seen this since last Tuesday, when our Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, all we've gotten every day is, is a commemorative piece, an extra edition of the newspaper with all these great pictures, and it's really exciting. So I've been saving all those newspapers. I've done that over my life. I've saved newspapers from, it could be the a Triple Crown win, right, coming off the Belmont or a national championship. I just take the newspaper, and I seal it up, and I put it away. And I've got probably 100 or 200 sports pages. And this week, I took a whole bunch from the Vegas Golden Knights, and I put it in a trunk. And hopefully generations from now, my great-grandkids can read these newspapers and see what happened when I was alive and I was witnessing that. Also, Friday night, I had the pleasure to co-emcee the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame gala. That was super successful, raised a lot of money and met a lot of great people for the first time and a lot of friends in the room. I'll recap that coming up a little bit later on in the show. But what I want to do today as we think about what we're going to do, and I'll get to the Raiders in a moment, I'd like you to grade for me the parade, A, B, C, D, or fail. I'd like you to grade the parade because there was a lot of confusion with the parade. When was it going to start exactly? It started early. How fast were the buses going to go? Did they go too fast so you only had like 30 seconds to look up? Uh, I thought it was a great parade. I caught it from a restaurant, and I caught the very, very end of it at Toshiba Plaza, It was great. I thought the cops, which I'll get to the emergency workers, the firemen. I talked to a couple of them on the scenes there. They did an unbelievable job keeping us safe at the parade here. I I didn't expect there to be a million people or half a million people. I don't know what the number is. I'd like to get that number from you. Was there 200,000, 150,000? I don't know what the number was, but they did it at night. So the number would be smaller. I believe less people going out at night. I think it intimidated a lot of people to go down to the Strip with Ubers and parking and Uber surges and not being able to get home. I don't know. So I got to hear from you. It's storytelling JT time. I can only tell a story or two before I get to being nauseam of me. I want to hear some of your stories. Did you take the kids to the parade? Where'd you watch it from? What was the best angle to see the parade? What time did you get home? How'd you get out of there? How'd you get down there? And grade the parade for me. Because I'd like to know what you thought. I wasn't with you. I was at the end of the parade down at Harmon. You might have been in front of the Bellagio Fountains. You might have been in the 10th row at Toshiba Plaza. Paint a picture for us on the radio. We tell stories on the radio, but we need storytellers. How do you grade the parade? 702-365-9200 as we open up the show and get rolling here. It was just fantastic. Father's Day. I watched the U.S. Open all day. I had to turn the Yankees off. They made me sick to my stomach, getting swept up in Boston. It was embarrassing. So I watched golf all weekend long and all day on Sunday, and Wyndham Clark ended up winning. I was on the radio for four hours last night. No one cares about Wyndham Clark. They don't. They might. Remember, no one ever heard of Brooks Kepka until he won four majors. You know, no one knows of these guys until they win a major, and then all of a sudden they get a little bit famous, and some of them turn into legends. So Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. I thought the golf course looked great. It wasn't completely June gloom. It looked great under blue skies. If you watch that, if you want to comment on that, uh, please let me know as we open up the show. And the NBA, I'm going to be doing a lot of NBA over the next month or two because this is when some moves are made in the NBA and some blockbuster deals go down. And there's some player entitlement and some movement coming up, so I'll get to that. Juneteenth. If your office is closed today, if you're celebrating the holiday, it's a federal holiday, enjoy the day off. Maybe you're listening to me because you have the day off or maybe you have the day off and you don't hear me and I'm talking to myself. But happy holiday today uh, for those who are off and those who are celebrating coming off Father's Day and enjoy the rest of the day. And I hope you're having a great Father's Day still because Father's Day last night, both my sons are here and my in-laws are here and my wife and I, we had a great weekend weekend. And we celebrated last night, had a beautiful night because the weather was windy and stars were out last night. So because I had to work during the day, we kind of celebrated a little bit later with a good barbecue and some family in town, which means so much to me. All right. I want to start off with William Carlson's speech, which has to go down on the Mount Rushmore of Vegas drunk moments, which I totally support. When you are a young man in your 20s, you're allowed to take your shirt off. You're allowed to drink as much as you possibly can if you just won the Stanley Cup. There is no criticism from me about William Carlson uh, being fueled up. I'll get to Bill Foley next segment or this hour later on, but this is the speech that is going viral all around the world. Okay, you guys can hear me? Yeah, you hear me? So, um... This guy. This effing guy. Yeah, I know, I know. So, he was here day one. Yeah. And I, you have been here day one. You guys are so amazing. We played Arizona in the first game and we beat the shit out of them.
1: What did he say? And I
0: had no points. No
1: points. But that's okay. Because at year one, I was pretty great but
0: you guys were greater and we've been up and down on this journey to the cup
1: pass it to marshy marshy you got something to say
0: no 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 listen to me We've been waiting
1: let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: for six long years
1: for this guy
0: to be MVP, Jonathan Marshall. Okay, I don't know who the lady was who was trying to grab the microphone. Uh, mic drop lady. I'd like to interview her. I think I deserve the right to interview her. If someone can help me uh, book that young lady who's trying to grab the microphone from him, I'd love to do a long-form interview with her. It was great as I went back and watched all this to get to the Carlson speech and to watch her try to grab the mic from him. And as you heard all of his teammates in the background saying, what did he say? What is he doing? So, I thought that was a great moment in Vegas sports history. William Carlson's speech. He was liquored up. He was having fun. I totally support that. Everybody in the crowd was liquored up, a lot of them having fun. And Carlson was great. He's great, and he deserved it. He just had a baby who's going viral. All the pictures of his newborn are everywhere. So, I think the people who watch that live... They weren't horrified. You know, you see behind them Mark Chinook and other people trying to get the microphone and figure out who's going to talk next. It's a parade. It's a championship parade. Someone's going to say something. Someone's going to drop some F-bombs. It's going to happen here, and I thought everybody handled it beautifully. I could watch and listen to that speech over and over again. Congratulations to William Carlson, who doesn't need to apologize to anyone for having a good time for having some adult beverages and celebrating the fact that he'll be a Stanley Cup champion the rest of his life. Outstanding. If this was gymnastics, I would put that right up there with Nadia Comaneci. I would give it a 10 out of 10 for all time parade speeches. And then afterwards, he started dancing and he was just having a lot of fun. So if you were there for that, uh, let me know what you thought of Wild Bill and his speech and some of the other speeches there in the energy if you were at Toshiba Plaza, 702 365 I'll get to more of the parade coming up here in a minute because that's just exceptional. That's going to be something that they talk about for 100 years in the Valley here and for all the people that get, had a chance to go down there and support their team. You deserve a lot of credit for that one. All right, let's get to this Chris Paul trade. He was on Good Morning America this morning with Michael Strahan on ABC he was he's promoting a book and he had this trip planned for weeks and he was kind of blindsided by the deal here's Chris Paul
1: I'm driving in this morning and we got this ticker tape thing outside of our building what is And say? I see this potential blockbuster deal between you and Bradley Bill that may take you from Phoenix to Washington and vice versa mm. i was a what are your first thoughts on that I was surprised, too. <laughs> I found out on the plane yesterday flying here for this. You know, in this league, anything can happen, so you just figure out what's next. Mm.
0: You literally found out on the plane?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. What was your first reaction? Don't push him any further. He's trying to be nice about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, he is, yeah, right? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, so that's that's kind of funny there. Chris Paul knew exactly what's going to happen. What does this deal mean? Uh, And by the way, the name of the lady who uh, was grabbing the microphone is Kim Frank. A great person, great lady. I'm getting a lot of texts coming from friends. She runs the VGK Foundation. So let's try to set getting Kim on the show here as she tried to wrestle the microphone away from Wild Bill. I think she was a star as she was working behind the scenes there. So back to Chris Paul on this deal. Chris Paul's a hell of a player, but he's on the back end of his, he's past his prime, no debate. Past his prime, he gets hurt a lot. He's not playing his best during the postseason, but he'd be a great addition for another team. So Chris Paul will not end up playing for the Washington Wizards. They're going to buy out his contract and option, and he'll go back to the Clippers, reportedly. That's going to be the spot that he goes to, or he'll go to another team. Why not go to the Denver Nuggets? Why not go to Boston? Why not go somewhere else? You don't have to start. I said this about Carmelo Anthony at the end of his career and Allen Iverson. If you're used to playing 32, 36, 38 minutes your whole career in the NBA, you can still make five to $10 million a year not playing and coming off the bench. I would do it all day long. You know, if you told me I'd pay me the same amount of money to do 20% of the work all day long. So Chris Paul has the ability now to go to a team that I'm giving you the team, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets have Jamal Murray. They have Nikola Jokic. They just won a title. They could use a starting point guard or a backup point guard and Chris Paul. You let him play 20 minutes a night, and Chris Paul's going to get a ring, which he doesn't have. Or Chris Paul can go to the Clippers, where his family lives. Even when he was playing in Phoenix, his family lives. They're out there in Los Angeles, and he can go there, but the Clippers never win. So why go to the Clippers? No one's ever won going to the Clippers. I think that would be a step backwards. So that's one of the big NBA stories here, and, I said this last night, the, the story for me comes down to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a proven ring chaser. What he did was he left Oklahoma City to go to the Warriors. He got two rings. Now, he deserved it. He was the finals MVP twice. That's pretty impressive. And then he goes to Brooklyn, and it gets a little rough in Brooklyn, and he quits. And then he goes to Phoenix, and then Phoenix goes out and gets him Bradley Beal. It's incredible to me that the league, the orbit of the league revolves around Kevin Durant. How many breaks is he going to get? Now, several players want to chase rings now. They want to go to get a a championship. Why wouldn't you? That's what's going to have to happen with the Raiders here, right? The Raiders need to win a ring. The Raiders need to win with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. They need help. They need players who are going to say, you know, I could go play in Kansas City and have a better chance to win. I could go play for a better team, maybe the Niners, and have a better chance to win. Or I can go to the Raiders and help the Raiders win pay no state taxes, live in Las Vegas, sports and entertainment capital of the world. Chris Paul's going to have a lot of decisions coming up here, but man, Kevin Durant gets a lot of help, doesn't he? Kevin Durant gets a lot of help, and Kevin Durant quit on Brooklyn, and he didn't do much in the playoffs to make Phoenix great. So Phoenix now has Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Deontay Ayton. So they have a core four guys, three of them superstars, That made them better than they were two weeks ago and brings them a little bit closer to eventually beating Denver or the Warriors. Speaking of the Warriors, Draymond Green is going to decline his $27.5 million player option, and he's going to enter as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, From putting some calls in today in the Bay Area and looking into this, it really looks like he's going to stay with the Warriors. He's a very important point, and he's an important player with the Warriors because there are some games he doesn't score a lot, but he passes well. The offense kind of runs through him. He has tremendous chemistry with Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. But I would move on from Draymond. Uh, Draymond's on the back end of his prime, and he wants more money. So he's declining. Let this number sink in. $27.5 million. Plus, he has a podcast. He goes on TNT. He's got branding opportunities. He's turning down $27.5 million because he's positive he could get more. And with the way that the salary cap is positioned the year after this, he wants to cash in one more time. If you got a fit for Draymond Green, or we got a lot of Warrior fans listening in the Bay Area, uh, Warrior fans, I'd like to hear from you on Draymond Green today. Yes or no? Say the hell with you. You got four rings. We wish you well. You punch one of your teammates in the face, Jordan Poole, in training camp. You're a pain in the ass. We got the most we could get out of you. Get the hell out of here. Or would you give him more money to stay? I'm not confused on this topic, but I'm not a Warrior fan. So I'd like to hear from a Warrior fan, what would you do with Draymond's contract today? He opted out because he knows he can get more, not only from the Warriors, but for some other teams out there. I am fascinated by this topic today. I think it's a really good one. Uh, Draymond Green is a polarizing player, very polarizing. And again, I'm a Knicks fan. I wouldn't want Draymond at this stage of his career for over $30 million. And that's the type of money that he's going to get. All right. And then I got to fit some Raiders in or I'm going to get arrested by the Twitter police and some Raider fans. If I don't include Raiders, which I don't include Raiders in every segment this time of year. I don't other shows can do knock yourself out. I include the Raiders when the Raiders are relevant with breaking news, signing, and all of that. And they did sign, you know, a couple of players, some of their great young rookies and their upside talent. And we talked about that at the end of the week. I'm watching a sports talk radio show today. And it's the same old story. My blood started to boil lightly. You know when you're boiling uh, hot water for tea or to make pasta and the first bubbles come up? I turn on the TV and radio, and there's some guy saying, the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos are the team on the upswing. Oh, and I just went outside, and I walked around, and I said, you know, I got to calm down here because this is pretty much my life now. It truly is my life and my off-season programming. It's protecting the gate of the Raider Nation, protecting the gate like a scene of Game of Thrones. Because I have to consume all of this national media, I have to look at it all, and most of it is so negative on the Raiders. They just never give us any credit. Us, I work for the team. I work on the flagship. I include me and us, and I'm a season ticket holder for the Twitter Tough Guys who want to come at me. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm spending a boatload of money on these tickets to have my ass in the seat next to my wife or my kids there. And I turn on the TV again, and it's the same Denver thing. Now, here's how I would do it. If I was one of these guys who the last three years said Denver was going to go to the AFC Championship, and they got their ass kicked by the Raiders, and the Raiders fired two of their coaches. No debate. No debate. The last two coaches got fired. I know people in the Denver building because they couldn't beat the Raiders. You can lose to whoever you want. If you lose 5 out of 6 or 6 out of 7 to the Raiders and you have a Broncos collared shirt on, you're going to get your ass fired. And Vic Fangio got fired. And Nathaniel Hackett got fired because he was clueless and he couldn't beat the Raiders and the Raiders swept him. But no one brings that up. The people who still say every year that the Broncos are the new team on the upswing, why aren't they saying the Raiders? Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers— We all know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be healthy and ready to go. Max Crosby, Tyree Wilson, Chandler Jones. They get a safety from Philadelphia and Epps. Blaine comes in. They got a bunch of corners. They might even hire Marcus Peters, a pro bowler. They got the best kicker, arguably, in the game and the best punter. How come these national media folks never once just say, you know, the Raiders might be on the upswing? We know the Raiders are better than the Broncos. You've been at the games. I've been at the games. It's not even close how much better the Raiders have been with the Broncos. And the Raiders made the playoffs two seasons ago. The Broncos have been a a dumpster fire. It's because of the Raider hatred at every level of the national media. Not everybody, but the level of Raider hatred inside Bristol, at ESPN, in Los Angeles, at Fox and Fox Sports 1, at NFL Network, is higher than most teams. And it's my job to educate the new fans in Las Vegas on the history of the Raiders, their great, proud history. They've played in five Super Bowls. They've won three. They played in the greatest games ever played. I believe they have more big-name Hall of Famers than any other team other than the Packers and the Steelers right there, and they're still getting trashed. They, get tra- they never get the benefit of the doubt. So as I told Bobby, I can't do this every show. I can't. I can't come in here every day, my blood boiling. Oh, this guy said this about the Raiders. Stephen A., my friend, said this about the Raiders. This guy doesn't know. I, I can't. I can't do that because I'll burn myself out before the start when I do my job during Raiders season. But I just wanted to bring that up again today. I just want to bring that out there again that the, the garbage, the Broncos, the Broncos are the team to watch out this year. Why would that be? Because they got McGlinchey on the offensive line. Sean Payton is the head coach. Okay, Russell Wilson lost a couple of pounds. That, that's why they're going to be an AFC championship contender. Stop. They don't have a great defense. They don't have a great pass rush. They, don't, they have a, a pretty good, their strength is their secondary. Their secondary is better than the Raiders. They don't have an elite linebacking core. They don't have elite receivers or an elite tight end. I mean, they're very, you know, they got some talent. But if you go player and position, position group, I think the Raiders are right there, if not better. So that's where we're at. I gave you the parade. I gave you NBA free agency. And I gave you some Raiders to start off the show. Let's hear from you. You've been really quiet the last week or two because I guess you're not into hockey as much as I was. And I've been pushing this uh, VGK train right to the top. And uh, I'm going to continue to do it because it's the biggest topic in town. So I want to hear from some parade goers. And who went to the parade? I know there were people out there who listened to the show and went to the parade. Let me know about it. Olden polonis my conversation with him. Harry Ruiz and the great journalist Mark Anderson will all join us on Monday. Uh, I have a big Raiders event on Thursday. I'm emceeing the Raiders draft luncheon at Allegiant Stadium when we bring out the new draft picks who are pretty good. Michael Mayer, Tyree Wilson, seventh pick overall. So I'll be off on Thursday. And I want to hear from you this week because I'm still celebrating the parade. Brought to you by P.T.'s, a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Congratulations to P.T.'s for their great partnership with us and VGK. Chris Paul out on top. Little stutter step fake. Another three-pointer. Suzanne, 3-3 by CP3. JT, back with you as we continue on. We're congratulating all of our proud partners for being on our airwaves during the run of the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup. I want to thank Scott Sabella, Resorts World. I saw Scott at the championship game where we won the cup, had a great conversation with him. Scott Sabella gives us the resources with Resorts World, with Doghouse Saloon, Red Tail, Zook the Nightclub, eight H Cigar Lounge, all the restaurants, the pool, all the new activations. One of the greatest things about our partnership is Resorts World. I get an email every day, every two or three days, about something new happening at Resorts World. Head on out to Resorts World. You'll see me there all the time. We thank Resorts World because they're hockey fans and a lot of their fans who stay on property at all those great hotels there support the Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're proud to be associated with Resorts World, especially with all of their good times and their pool activities going on all summer long. So Chris Paul on the move to Washington. He won't play. Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix. And now I think Phoenix got better. I know they got better. And everybody's trying to chase the Denver Nuggets. I don't think Denver's going to be a dynasty. I don't look at Denver the way I looked at the Warriors over the last decade. But Denver's the last team we saw on television, and they look pretty good. And when we see Denver looking that good, everybody else has to realize we got to do something more to beat the Joker. We got to do something more to beat them. And I give Phoenix credit. They pulled off a blockbuster deal as Olden Polonies joins us. 15-year big man in the NBA. Started his career his first play against Kareem. The last play of his entire career was against LeBron, and he's a great analyst. Olden, thanks a lot for joining us. Your initial thoughts on Bradley Beal going to Phoenix.
2: Um, I think it's, uh, it's part of the NBA landscape. You know, the fact that you said you didn't think we would have it, The NBA is 24-7 news cycle. It's always something going on. And anytime you have a deal like this, you have to look at it different ways. You know, number one, where he's going. You know, since he had a no-trade clause, Bradley Bill could choose wherever he wanted to go, so he gave him a list, and it came down to, you know, Phoenix and Miami. And so... They pulled the trigger because they knew they needed to – I think they needed to trade Bradley Bill a few years back because it was pretty much over. It's a similar situation with what's happening with Dame Lillard in Portland. You know, these guys, for whatever reasons. you know, they've been very good players, all-stars and everything else, but they're just not getting the job done no matter who's there. So I think sometimes change of scenery is good. Now, how, how does this trade work? Because now you bring in another all-star scorer, but you're still not addressing the number one problem that you have and have had and will have, which is defense and wing defenders mainly because that's what they gave away Mm. in that trade when they gave away Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. So, to me, they haven't addressed their main issues. And so it's just – it's a great trade for the fans Mm. and for – you know, getting buckets, but what good is it if you can't stop anybody?
0: Olden Polonies joins us. I think of it as entitlement for Durant. I really do. It's like Durant was supposed to get everything he wanted when he went to the Warriors, two finals MVPs. He goes to Brooklyn. He's supposed to save the franchise, make them relevant. Then he goes out to Phoenix, and they're getting him more help. How do you see this from a Durant perspective? Because I think he's one of the greats of all time, but he sure needs help to win. And back in the day when you played, there wasn't as much ring chasing. You and I have talked about that at length in our great conversations. And Durant, again, wakes up and ownership in the league seems to be helping him raise his platform so he'll get another chance at a ring. Well,
1: they
2: can try that all they want, and we saw it this year. It doesn't work that way. And that's why I always like when people say that the game is rigged. It's not, because you can't control how the ball goes in the basket. Yes, there's some things referees can't control. They can't control the flow of a game, you know, but Denver figured it out because they went and just said, you know what, Are you calling these crappy files? We're going to just stay away and make it obvious for you not to call it. And so with that being said, with Kevin Durant, whether they want him to win a ring or not, I'm not sure. But I do know he's kind of like following the LeBron James blueprint of, mm-hmm. you know, get with other guys, You know, my money, I would have just stayed in in Golden State. But, again, he was so insecure in his success. And by that I mean people were talking so bad about him joining the Warriors that he figured, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. But the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So he found out quickly. And, again, we're talking about a guy who's had multiple injuries. And, to me, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, to be very honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, five, seven years ago, Kevin Durant, pre injuries. Oh, it's a great move, but I don't think it's a great move now. For You know, no matter who they bring in.
0: Olden Polonies is our guest. You know, Chris Paul, over the years, and you played for the Clippers. Reports are he wants to go back to the Clippers. A, why? I don't think the Clippers are going to win anything. We can never get Kawhi and Paul George to play in the minimum, and Chris Paul's only breaking down. Why wouldn't Chris Paul? He's not going to play, we know, for the Washington Wizards. Why wouldn't Chris Paul ask, as the former head of the union, to be moved somewhere else? Is it only the Clippers? Where do you think Chris Paul ends up?
1: Well, if,
2: if the Suns don't get a, a third partner in this trade, he's going to just get bought out. And so mm, he'll be able yeah. to go wherever he wants. So if he does go to the Clippers, I, I, I see it for the reason that you know, he loves L.A. He lives in L.A. I think his family still lives out here. And so, to me, it's one of those things. Again, everybody's following the LeBron James blueprint,
1: <laughs> which is yeah.
2: funny to me. You know, and I and I don't mind it, and I do. I believe that, you know, what LeBron's done over the years is a blueprint to be followed, how a guy gains control. But at the same time, I try to be realistic with everything and use facts rather than emotion and so I just don't see this. This is not a good move for him. You know, guys getting to this age and this point in their careers, you should be thinking more retirement and, um, you know, just having, you know, quality of life after you're done. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of plays. You put him on the Clippers, now you got to have two guys you definitely can't play 82 games, let alone maybe 60, 70 games. So you're going to have to manage a whole bunch of load management to get them, you know, towards the playoffs, which is the end goal. But I don't see that happening. So he needs to go with somebody. Now, if you told me Chris Paul was going to go to the Denver Nuggets, I would be like, yes, that's great. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Because you don't need him for much.
0: Yeah, I would agree with the older.
2: You don't need him for much.
0: Yeah, makes sense. He could get he could get a ring on the way out, not being the star, but to be someone who knows his role and does this. We wrap it up with Olden Polynes. Olden, finally, with Jokic, you you were a center in this league and played against some of the greatest. Players. You did. You played against the greatest centers in the history of this sport. How do you take a look at Jokic now? And I know you don't do a lot of era stuff, hey, the, you know, this era to that era, but you know, play along for a second here because of his fundamentals, his footwork. His low post game, his uh, soft jumper that go- bounces off the rim and goes in, and then his passing. His passing has to elevate him up the center list all time. I just don't know who he should be in the conversation with. I think the passing, the two MVPs, the finals MVP, put him on some type of top list, but does the passing ability give him a chance to be one of the all-time greats?
2: Oh, definitely. And, you know, I I just don't like comparing, like, who was great, like, because we'll never Mm -hmm. know. But I can still use Jokic or any era to make comparisons. Yeah, Jokic could have played in any era. But, again, one of the things that I like to do, and I love this guy. I love Jokic. I love the way he plays basketball. You know, it's like it's a breath of fresh air seeing his personality or Mm -hmm. lack thereof. (laughs) But he's just a great player. You know, he's he's playing the way this game is meant to be played, you know, within the new structures of the NBA. You know, it's like, yes, I can shoot from outside, but he destroyed Miami inside and the whole league. You know, so he, he balanced it out. His passing, he's top three. I'm and I'm talking about just passes. Forget Big. Yeah. In my opinion, he's like top three. You know, because it's not just about, you know, some guys get inflated assists. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's like end of the game. He All his assists are like, they're, they're on point. They are to, that lead to a basket, but he sees it in advance, which is an amazing ability to have. And so to me, he's definitely, you know, I'm not saying he's one of the greatest ever because he's still playing. But I say, He is playing some of the best basketball. And to me, he's arguably top three in the whole league right
1: now.
0: Excellent, Olden. Last one, what does Father's Day mean to you? I've never asked you about your past. With your dad and knowing you have kids, how important is Father's Day to you and some memories?
2: Oh, man, Father's Day, it's it's everything, you know. But I celebrate Father's Day every day. So it wasn't just one day. So whenever they came up with this, celebration I I didn't it didn't bother me or I didn't even think about it I just knew that I had a dad in the house and then it's like when I when I was growing up you know in hearing how there weren't a lot of fathers in the home and I was like oh my god I'm I'm really lucky because my dad gets up goes to work comes home and he's there you know takes us to the beach you know he cooks I was like I was lucky (laughs) and so I I had that every day of my life and I tried to be the same you know, with my kids, just being, being present, being around, you know, if they need help with anything. So he passed that on to me. My grandfather was there for my dad. So that's the life I've lived. And so 365, I'm a dad and my dad was a dad, 365. So we celebrated that every day.
0: Absolutely. Being present. That's the key. Olden. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon in a couple of weeks. See you out at summer league. Thanks for coming on.
2: Oh, yes, sir.
0: The great Olden Polonese. So a conversation on what's happening with the NBA. Uh, Last year, right around this time, I think it was a week ago, I'm going to be doing it again. I get a chance to fill in for Jim Rome out in Los Angeles on radio and TV, and that's when Kevin Durant made the move to Phoenix and the Internet broke. I was on the air live when that happened, like the second it happened, one of the first to report on it. Uh, This year we're looking at what could there be a move like that? No. But Bradley Beal going is a big deal. He's a top 12 player maybe top 13, 14 player in the entire league, in the entire league. So a move like that is a big deal because the team gets noticeably better. Now, my philosophy, same with the Raiders and everybody else in any sport is, this is not my money. It's not my money. If a team goes over the cap, I'm a Yankee fan. We're out of control spenders, and the Yankees haven't won since 2009. But the Yankees won a lot of their championships throughout the decades because they outspent everybody. That's okay. If you have a sport that doesn't have a salary cap and the NBA has a loose salary cap and now they're tightening it really hard uh, starting next year, they're going to have different tiers of penalties and luxury taxes to go over. And most of these billionaires don't mind. So if you go to Joe Lacob in the Warriors and say, look, we're going to be over the salary cap by this much. You got to pay a fine. But now the fine's going to double. Then even the billionaires. Remember, a lot of billionaires become billionaires because they're smart and they're sharp, and they don't want to overextend, and they don't want to build stadiums. Everybody tells me that all the time. Well, why doesn't the owner build the stadium? How dare you? The owner doesn't have to build the stadium. The owner might not want to be in the real estate business. He's in the football business or the baseball business. He, there's no rule that says the owner has to build the pour the concrete and build the stadium. That's for a real estate developer. So if you're Jerry Jones or Stan Kroenke or you're Mark Davis, and Mark goes, hey, I'm not, I don't have $2 billion to build Legion Stadium, and we're going to get $750 million from a, a hotel tax that no one even sees on their bill. More power to you. If you're Stan Kroenke going, no, I'd rather pay for the entire SoFi because I'm a real estate developer, and I want to develop that real estate, more power to you. But when it comes to the NBA, the NBA isn't the NFL. These NFL teams are going to be worth 6 $7, 8000000000 These NBA teams are going to be worth two to three, maybe $4 billion. Still a lot of money. And look at James Dolan, who's building the sphere. He owns the Rangers and the Knicks. He's upside down on the sphere. There's like a billion and a half in overruns. He's going to have to separate his sports entities and his entertainment entities. And so he doesn't have to really go, not go bankrupt. But (laughs) look at the deal. It's sideways. So with all this happening here with the NBA, You're only going to win in the NBA unless you have an owner, an owner that's willing to pay over the cap and pay these penalties because it's an arms race now, and everybody's paying to get these guys. And Draymond Green's worth $30 million a year. Are you out of your mind? He was four years ago, five years ago, and he's going to get it again. Speaking of that, Big Al in San Francisco loves talking to the Warriors. What's going on, Big Al?
1: No, JT, thanks for taking my call. You know, Draymond opting out was not totally unexpected. Maybe six months ago with the altercation that he had with Jordan Poole, people would have thought that he would not have opt out, but he kind of cleared his his name, showed that he's still a great player, and arguably the most unique player in the league, if not the second most unique in the league, only behind his teammate, Stephen Curry. I don't see how uh, the Warriors are going to be able to let him go. I don't really think he wants to be let go. I think this is just purely a financial play so that um, he can optimize his opportunity to get one last contract because after next year with all the new, they call them aprons that the NBA uh, is putting in via the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, he's not going to be able to be uh, to make that money. I fully expect him to come back. Uh, if he doesn't come back, then you can definitely say this era is over. Cause Draymond, player, Draymond Green is a great player. Not only that, he's a great leader. And if, you, and if he's not going to be there next, you know, this coming year, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, retool fast enough to take advantage of Stephen Curry's last three to five year, years in uniform. Mm-hmm. So it's a priority to resign him. It might not be a priority to resign some of the other guys that are going to be up for contract in the next year or so, but you got to resign Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a valuable asset to any NBA team. He is not about being the perfect fit. He will make any other NBA team better, and that includes the current champion. Therefore, he's a guy you have to sign. It's, it's, yeah. There's no doubt.
0: Excellent phone call. Uh, Big Al, who knows it and covers the team, just said it perfectly. Draymond Green is too important to lose. He's too important to lose. I'll make the same connection to Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't know what he's worth. If you tell me he's worth $27 million, over two years because the franchise tag is 10 million and that that's made at the top of the position. And he's arguably number one coming off leading the league. You would think if you sign him for two years and a third year, he'd be worth around 30 million, but I don't know. That's Dave Ziegler's job, not my job. That's his job to put the number on Josh Jacobs and say, you know, we get good value to try to win with this team and build correctly by franchise tagging him. Or we think it's a much smarter decision a much smarter decision to give him a contract and sign him to an extension, give him a big signing bonus, and then after a year or two, let him go. I don't know what Josh Jacobs is worth. I'm going to report on it when he either signs his franchise tag or he doesn't report or he gets a contract extension, which I hope he does. Big made a very good point right there. Very good point about what's going on in the NBA. Can you afford to lose a player? Steph Curry is one of the most important players ever. Not just now, of all time. And he's still in the prime of his career. He's on the back end. Remember, Tom Brady played great after the age of 40. Steph is going to play great at a high level as a shooter for the next couple of years. If you don't get Steph all the pieces that he needs and he's comfortable with, then Steph's not going to win again. Maybe he doesn't have to win again. He's got four rings. He's the greatest shooter of all time. But my sense is the Warriors would like to continue to win. 888 My only call today came from San Francisco. I don't live in San Francisco. I live in Summerlin in Vegas. I'd like to hear from some Vegas parade goers. I was blanking and moaning about going to the parade, not hearing from anybody. Now the parade's over. Did anybody go? Or was I the only one who was there? I thought there were a couple hundred thousand. If you went to the parade, sound off like you got a pair. How much fun did you have? Uh, Let's go 702-365-9200 on the parade. And we'll roll. Hour number two, we have Harry Ruiz. And the great Mark Anderson, one of my favorite journalists here in town. To recap what's been a pretty tremendous week here in Las Vegas, and they were front and center for it as we continue on the flagship of the silver and black. Brought to you by our great friends, Virgin Hotels. Go check out the pool, the restaurant, and one steakhouse.
2: Done this with all my teammates. They've been on Billy Bowl since the beginning. Hand of applause for all
0: of them! Woo! Also, I don't have much to say, but they broke, uh, they closed this trip for us. And
1: we're winners tonight, everybody! Let's do it! Woo! Give it up for Jonathan Marcus
0: That's Jonathan Marcus He won the Con Smythe of the MVP. We want to thank our proud partners, the M Resort Spawn Casino. They have that Vegas Golden Night Bar right in the middle of the property, along with the Raiders Tavern and Grill, all the great events, the official hotel of the Raiders. How cool is that? And they were right on with the branding of the Vegas Golden Nights. A lot of my friends in Henderson, a lot of friends around here, would go there for dinner to all their great restaurants and then go to that VGK, that hockey bar right there in the middle, if not the Raiders Tavern and Grill, and celebrate the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. Thanks to Patrick Dirk and the entire team over there, our proud partner here on Raider Nation Radio. They deserve to celebrate. You know, a lot of big businesses in town decided to do business with the Raiders, the Golden Knights, the Aces, all of these partners of ours here at Lotus Broadcasting. So we're thanking them all. And for Jonathan Marcusot to get the Conn Smythe Award, the greatest individual award you could be. You want to be the MVP of the regular season. Connor McDavid is that player. So Conor is the best player in hockey and will remain the best player probably for the next five, six, seven, eight years. He's going to be the number one player in all of hockey. So really the only award you could win that rivals that is the MVP in the Stanley Cup final. And Jonathan Marchessault's got that trophy. And they were carrying that loosely on the bus. There was a moment, I don't know if you saw the video, that Marchessault had it over his head and it kind of came falling down and Carlson helped save it. That's too nice of a trophy to drop from the top of a bus onto the Vegas Strip. And I was like, "Woo!" that was a little bit dicey. So we're talking about VGK. Uh, next hour, a couple of interviews coming in. And my opinion on parade night. We're trying to recap the parade here. And my appearance at the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. A lot of people to thank. Our number two on deck.